Coming up on Therapy. Every day you're like, I'm not going to drink tomorrow. I'm not going to drink yes. tomorrow. Because you know it's a problem. If you want to stop, stop. I did not stop drinking after my DUI. In fact, I okay. couldn't drink more because I was fucking depressed. I don't know if I've shared this, but I did test the waters. I had to go on Watch What Happens Live. I did drink. Like you had a drink? Well. It... Hey, senorita. Really nice to meet you. I was always calculating calories and macros. And when I just calmed the F down, I found my physical ideal. Am I addicted to moderate drinking? You're very subtly admitting powerlessness and unmanageability right here alive. And I'm proud yeah. of you. That's beautiful. Did you struggle with actual eating disorders? Anorexia and bulimia. Um, wow, thank you for saying for me, that. Katie Couric, nothing screws up a kid more than having a parent on top of that kid all the time. Kenya Moore. Before I take a shower, I would always step on scale. And I saw my daughter starting to do that. Like, she doesn't know how to even read the numbers, but yeah. she saw me doing it. Actress Melissa Joan Hart. I remember the first time I was told I could be a movie star if I lost weighing. 10 pounds when I weighed 103. Pinky Cole, were you high when you came up with the name? I was very high. <laughs> this is Therapy. This week on Therapy, it's Real Housewives of Orange County's Gina Kirschenheider, part two. Gina dropped so many gems on part one on self-worth, divorce, co-parenting. There are more gems to be had, and they are here on part two. We talk more on co-parenting, especially when there's a new relationship in the mix, how she co-parents now that her and her ex are both in new relationships, and we get into her sobriety journey and mine. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. That way you'll get an alert every time a new therapy drops. And please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. Here is my episode with Gina Kirschenheider, part two. It's like your natural feeling, right? Yes. You feel because you're because it's not just about you. It is about your kids, obviously, first and foremost. That's also about you. Oh my God, you you just got replaced. Yes. And she's pretty. That's yes. you know. Or if she's like, funny and they're like, oh my God, Britt, that you're like, okay. Um, anyway, right? like, that's enough about Britt. So yes. yes. The one thing that I would really encourage you is like, first of all. I think you should talk about it with your ex. Like, these are all things like I didn't talk about with mine and it was rough. So this is now looking retrospectively of like yeah. what I truly believe is in your best interest to get to that place. Like if you're communicating with your ex on any level, communicate, you know, yeah. if he's coming over and he's, he's willing to sit in the living room and you guys truly are okay with the situation and the way things are, start talking about this and let him know, look, I'm just letting you know. I understand you're going to move on. I understand you're going to date. I see that we're co-parenting well. We feel like a unit co-parenting. I'm not telling you you have to include me in any of that. But first of all, I do think that it is important for prior to introducing that person in your life to the children, I do think that it's fair and helpful to first introduce that person to the ex. Either way, if you start dating a man, I, I do believe, and you know who I, who I learned that from and did that and modeled that from it was Travis. Travis, Travis yeah. wouldn't meet my kids until he met Matt. Travis and I was like, what? Yes. He's wonderful. He's, he's a very good man. He really is. And like that helped that helped. And, and so, so I do think like 
Like if you can just get on the CMP and talk about that and you have to tell your ex, look, you have to be vulnerable. You really do. You have to mm. tell him, I, I want, if there's someone in your life and you truly love them and you think they're going to be good to our kids, right? I'm telling you right now, I want to welcome them in. I want to be graceful. I want it to work. I would appreciate if you guys could establish some feeling where you, if you could get agree to meeting you before the kids, that will immediately make you feel safer and yeah. more in control. If you can get that person to understand you're going to do the same thing so that your priority is still the children, it will make you feel less defensive. It'll make you feel included. You will, you will feel part of the process. It'll make your children feel a hell of a lot more comfortable about than meeting this person, having a relationship with this person, because you not only have to get yourself comfortable with it, but you have to show your children that it's okay to love yes. that other step parent or whatever. You have to. Why would you take that from them? I you know? know, but it's going to make it easier for you if you first establish a relationship, you vet the person and you determine that it's okay. You know, and yes. and I think that that would all be very good and very important. And then I think that you can tell your ex that I'm going to try my best, but I just want you to know this is hard for me because my own feelings, I would love it to just be about the kids, but we were married for a long time and my own feelings here are involved too. And I'm telling you, I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to feel replaced. I don't feel hurt by this. And I'm going to try my very best not to let those things out out of respect for you, whatever relationship you're going to be in and for our kids, you know, like, I just think you got to put it out there and you have to be vulnerable because yeah. that's what relationships are. And this is the most important relationship in your life, regardless of anybody else that you meet, you know, like now my two most important relationships are with my partner, because he is a huge part of my life and my kid's life and my ex-partner. Yeah. He's the father of the children. It 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 can be good, but like you have to be willing to to be open and vulnerable. That I truly believe it. Britt was great. You know, she was she was she took it. She came from divorced parents. I actually think mm. that helped a lot because okay. she dealt with a lot of bullshit growing up and she did not want that. Yeah. And she's very was very vocal about that. And that helped a lot. Like because I came, my parents are so in love. It's gross. They actually, they <laughs> remind me of Heather and Terry to bro. They're very like handsy and um, you could tell they really love each other. Yeah. And, um, and, and so like, I, I don't have any of this experience and my ex's parents too are married. So like, we don't know that, you know, mm. I, I, but like divorce is 50%. I have three kids. Someone's getting divorced. And I hope that my modeled yeah. behavior with their father and, and the way that we co-parent and with our step you know, the step parents, I hope that now they have a good guide because you can't forget everything you do is just the model. It's the map for what your kids are going to do or they're going to run from. And 100%. either one of those scenarios is, is, you know, like, I don't want, who wants to be the parents that are like the kid? Cause the one kid will be, they'll replay it. They'll do the same exact bullshit that you did. The other kid will be more resilient. They'll yeah. go as far away from it as possible. But now they're just out there telling people, yeah, my parents sucked. Yeah. I'm doing everything I can not to be like them. That sucks too. You know? So it's like, be the one where it's like, yeah, my parents got divorced and they did. That's like, look, my life is very public. I am very scared about what my children will read and hear. And the fact that I can't hide our skeletons, our skeletons are coming out. So the only thing that I can do is give them this narrative of, holy shit, you guys went through what? 
and we never knew about it. And you guys found this place and you got here. And even in the worst of it, mom, you were able to defend yourself and dad, you took responsibility. You guys moved through that and we didn't even know. And you're friends and you're a unit. To me, that's more powerful and that's where we are and that's where we live and exist. And that is, there's power in that. And it, it eliminates any now, you know, I mean, they're going to have questions and they are going to feel the way they feel, but at least I know we did the best we could to rewrite that narrative and get to where we are now. And that's all they know. I think they're yeah. going to be impressed with it. I think they're going to be proud of us. Yes. hundred percent. More therapy in a moment. Now this. Now back to therapy. Gina, I think you should add therapist or you should have some, I know you have a podcast, but like you have been, you have treaded the waters and you have such gems to share. And you were so good at explaining this. And I feel inspired. Just if you want to throw something else on your plate, you are so articulate and profound about your advice for co-parenting and marriage. And I just feel like there's something there. I want to talk about sobriety. In my 16 days of sobriety, (laughs) (laughs) so my, my initial hesitance with trying to moderate even, well, actually I I have to be honest. I know how you feel about moderation. It's just, it's hard for some people. It was not hard for me. I can easily moderate. My thing was I, I was addicted to moderate drinking. I couldn't not have a glass of wine or a beer every day with my meals, or I felt deprived like restriction, having an eating disorder background. I can't say it's off limits. Like it just makes me want it more. So I would just say, no, I can't. My sisters would do like a dry January and I'd be like 30 days, like off limits. I can't have that. I have to be able to say I can have it. And I could never go a day literally without drinking, but it was like a drink. But I, if I didn't have a glass of wine, I felt deprived. So I don't know what I did differently. I've been praying about it, but this time starting January 1st, it was easier. Like I was just, I did it. I said, I'm going to commit to 30 days. I've got two more weeks. And then I'm going to do like a solo episode about how that went. Cause I've never done it before. But do you feel like, first of all, for you with the DUI, was that like, I have to stop drinking. That was obviously like a rock bottom moment. And had you not had that, do you think it would have been like business as usual? Not that you were an alcoholic, but did that force you to look at it? And then also how long did you get to a point where it was not a part of your life? Was it hard? Did you feel deprived? Okay. So first of all, the DUI for me has been now over like almost five years, five ago, years ago. right? Yeah. So it's been a bit a long time. Um, I did not stop drinking after my DUI. In fact, I okay. could drink more after my DUI because I was fucking depressed and I felt like a loser. You know what I mean? And it was all so much and so heavy and, and I was sad and, and it was hard, you know? And then I think I kind of found a little bit of balance, but also the show and then COVID and then it just gets so normalized. I, I, it got to a point where it was, it, I couldn't, I wasn't in control of it. It was in control of me. I, I was drinking every day. I, it was very difficult to be like, do one day without drinking to me. I'm not an alcoholic, but it's a problem. I do think, I believe there's two different types of people. I think there, this is my belief. So this is not medical advice. This is not based on any I didn't do a study. This is just what I feel in my heart, right? Mm -hmm. I feel, 
I really have a lot of respect for the disease of alcoholism, right? And I think there's two categories of people. People who really have a disease of alcoholism, I believe, even if they're sober for 20 years, every fucking day is a struggle. They are yeah. actively fighting this disease. I have so much respect for that yeah. because I can't even imagine what that is like because I'm now over two years without drinking. I don't even fucking think about it. I don't miss it wow. because I'm not an alcoholic. But here's the surprise, you know, uh, turns out alcohol is an addictive substance and you yeah. get addicted to it. You know yep. what I mean? So don't blame yourself that the job of this addictive substance is is doing its job. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yes, first. So and you have to break that. And that is a very hard thing to break. I don't care. And it's just like anything. Think about it. If you go through a hard time and you go on an antidepressant, right? And then you're like, okay, I'm not a drug addict. I don't need to be on this all the time. I'm not upping it. I'm not now taking three a day. I'm taking my steady thing. But now I don't think I need that anymore. Time to wean off. It's hard to wean off of that. Right. How long did it take addictive. you? Like when you the alcohol? Yeah. Like the habit I'll of say, just like everyday drinking. And was it like a couple of weeks where you were like, okay, I don't even think the, about it. Or, like, no, it was a while. I'll say okay. we started Thank filming you. last season. No, it's a while. We okay. It takes a while to kick out of your system. I'm going to say, honestly, when we started filming last season, I was about the six month mark. And you see, I was you on looked incredible. That was six months. I looked of not incredible. Drinking. I looked <laughs> incredible, but I was still on that roller coaster. I didn't feel at six months like I was like, it wasn't like hard to be out with the ladies drinking at that point. But mentally, something's still fucking not right. I will be honest. And you, I, it's hard to even explain. And I think people who are in their sobriety and, and people who maybe who are watching this, who are in that six month mark, I yeah. think they can speak to this. It's like you're, and if you're not a true alcoholic or you don't identify as that, it's not at six months, it's you feel sort of like past the hump of like, I have to have a drink and all of that. That's where there is this shift, but you're still fucked up mentally. And you still don't know how to deal with emotional things that come up and just everything that comes up without alcohol, because that's been your go-to crutch for so long, right? So there's still work to be done there. I, tr I feel at about a year, you start to really... Uh, just even get to know yourself more and start to really feel like you can exist in your own skin and you, you just start to settle in and, okay. and it feels good. It does feel good, but it's not 16 days. Not no, it's not. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's a different person. You're a control person. Yes. You clearly, you, you've had, you need to control your eating. You need to control what goes in and you need to control what goes out. And I need to control that what goes in my son's lunchbox. You need yep. to control what goes into your son's lunchbox. You I need gotcha. to control how your co-parent yes. is co-parenting. You need to now control. You're not, you're not binge drinking or like obsessively drinking because you need to control that. You need to tell yeah, yourself, true. I'm not a, I'm not a binge drinker. I'm a, yeah. I'm a one. I'm and then I'm going to say drink. no more yeah. because I'm not. And maybe it's a, I'm going to do this because the calories, whatever it is, you're all about control. That is so interesting that you said that because I I haven't lost weight because I have replaced, I'm a big IPA girl. And with my meals, I want an IPA, but those are probably like a couple hundred calories. So I'm like not drinking those, you would lose weight. I drink non-alcoholic IPAs because 
I feel like something is missing and I feel deprived from my meals if I don't. So I'm still getting the calories, just not the alcohol, but it's one thing that's at a okay, time. Right now. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it okay. is what it is. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. You, you can only do what you can do. And if exactly. that's something that's going to support your sobriety or the shift that you want. And it's look, it is what it is. If somebody drinks and they don't want to stop drinking and they're okay drinking and they're not out of control, these are social drugs, right? So yeah. like, I, so I, I, like, I will take a gummy, like, you know, they're social yes. drugs. And yes. if you can find, some, you just have to find the right drug for you, right? If you could find something that you're in control of and isn't in control of you, and you can like go out and have a little fun and have a little yeah. laugh and then go home and you're not like regretting what you did or not remembering or feeling like crap or really it starts to take a toll on your body. Obviously the alcohol, yes. you know, it's bad for you. If you're not doing any of those things, Fuck yeah, like have fun, go do what you want, you know, but if it's really becoming a problem for you, and if you're that person at home, that's like, I know you moms at home that are like, <laughs> every day, you're like, I'm not gonna drink tomorrow. I'm not gonna drink yes. tomorrow. Because you know, it's a problem. That's what but you is. don't know how to stop. You know why you don't know how to stop because you're addicted because it's an addictive substance. Yeah, like, it's you just as simple as that don't feel less than don't feel guilty. Don't feel like it's stronger than me. Don't feel like shameful. If you want to stop, stop. One of your biggest things right now is that you're talking about it. Because once you talk about it, you got to have some follow through. It's accountability yeah. right there, right? The show uh, is accountability for me. Totally. That's what I was talking to Jackie, New Jersey, about her anorexia. I was like, you said it on camera. I'm going to recover from anorexia. She's like, I had to. Because then the right. world would hold me accountable. And not that you need the world to hold you accountable, but it, it makes it... That no, much. but you need, you need your world to hold you accountable. Yes. So I would say the first thing that you could do, if you truly have identified that this is something in your life that you don't like, not anybody else, right? Cause you can't, you're not going to get there. I mean, we see it on the show. We tell other people you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic yes. until you get yourself there where you're like, I really want to not do this anymore. I don't like it. I don't like who it makes me. I don't feel like myself. Once you get there, tell your world. Tell your friends, tell your, I don't like this. I'm struggling with this. Have them help you hold you accountable, right? And and that will help you. And that's like admitting, again, it's just about, to me, I think like, who is that person? Renee Brown, the vulnerability thing. She's right. You know what I mean? If you make yourself vulnerable, you'll, you, you will be surprised to see how many people are actually in your corner and respond in a supportive manner to that. You know, like it's, it, it just is what it is. Like you have to be able to open yourself up to get help and support and all of that. And like for you, I mean, one of the best things I think you could do for yourself is concentrate on like the positive shifts that you want to make. I think that's probably why you're successful 16 days. If you haven't been able to do it before, whether you mm -hmm. struggle from bulimia, anorexia, all of these things that that's a fucking huge win for you, Aaron. Thank that's you. a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. You can have back a at zero and that, I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess up the days, but all, like, I want to not want it. And I read this naked mind, Annie Grace, and I had her on and she's like, it retrains your brain to not want it. And I listened to it twice, Gina on audio. And I, and I'm like, that didn't happen for me. Like I still see it as desirable. That's why I was like, I, I love that you said it was, it's not 16 days to get to a point where you're, no. you don't want it. It's just, no, no, okay. it's going to take way longer. And, and, and let's say Aaron in 20 days, you're like, fuck it. And you have a drink. You're not just, starting over. 
This is that is part of your journey towards whatever it is you want the goal line to be. Yeah. You're not starting over. Who fucking says we have to start over? Da, 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 da. You're not in AA. Well, then I don't have 30 chip. days anymore. I would have to say, yeah, I'm not Why in not? AA. Why not? I've... Did you drink those 30 days? No, you well, have those 30 days. It's part of a bigger journey. Yes, I have to. I almost thought about that. Like just having a beer to be like, it's over. The stress is off. And then not well, even. Yeah. <laughs> Every day you're like, I'm not going to drink tomorrow. I'm not going to drink yes. tomorrow. Because you know it's a problem. That's what But it you is. don't know how to stop. You know why you don't know how to stop? Because you're addicted. Because it's an addictive substance. Yeah. Like it's you... just as simple as that. Don't feel less than. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like it's stronger than me. Don't feel like shameful. If you want to stop. Stop. One of your biggest things right now is that you're talking about it. Because once you talk about it, you got to have some follow through. It's accountability yeah. right there, right? The show uh, is accountability for me. Totally. That's what I was talking to Jackie, New Jersey, about her anorexia. I was like, you said it on camera. I'm going to recover from anorexia. She's like, I had to, because then the right. world would hold me accountable. And not that you need the world to hold you accountable, but it, it makes it... That no, much. but you need, you need your world to hold you accountable. Yes. So I would say the first thing that you could do, if you truly have identified that this is something in your life that you don't like, not anybody else, right? Cause you can't, you're not going to get there. I mean, we see it on the show. We tell other people you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic yes. until you get yourself there where you're like, I really want to not do this anymore. I don't like it. I don't like who it makes me. I don't feel like myself. Once you get there, tell your world. Tell your friends, tell your, I don't like this. I'm struggling with this. Have them help you hold you accountable, right? And and that will help you. And that's like admitting, again, it's just about, to me, I think like, who is that person? Renee Brown, the vulnerability thing. She's right. You know what I mean? If you make yourself vulnerable, you'll, you, you will be surprised to see how many people are actually in your corner and respond in a supportive manner to that. You know, like it's, it's, it just is what it is. Like you have to be able to open yourself up to get help and support and all of that. And like for you, I mean, one of the best things I think you could do for yourself is concentrate on like the positive shifts that you want to make. I think that's probably why you're successful. 16 days, if you haven't been able to do it before, whether you mm -hmm. struggle from bulimia, anorexia, all of these things, that that's a fucking huge win for you, Erin. That's you. a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. Thank you. Have you have Don't you minimize it. Have you heard of the gap in the gain, like living in the gap or the gain? It's like when you live mm -hmm. in the gap, it's like you made it, you haven't drank for 16 days. Like, wow, it's only 16 days. Um, but if you live in the gain and what you've gained, it's like, you've never gone 16 days. So looking at it as a gain instead of the gap, it's like, it's not a big deal. It's not even 30 days, but honest, I'll be honest, Gina, like, I'm wondering like, what's going to happen at the end of I've committed to January just to like, see how I feel. I know I'm going to feel great. There's nothing better than waking up every morning and feeling just not that I was waking up hungover at all, but just a little off or just like, just feel so great every morning. And there's nothing worth that. But I, I still see myself like getting to the point, like if I were to start dating, like go and have a glass of wine and not an everyday thing, but like, Mm -hmm. that's where I see it now. And I don't know, but then it's like my other part of my mind is like, why would you drink again when you get it out of your system? Why do I still see it as like a why I just think you're thing. getting ahead of yourself? Well, because it is a pleasurable thing. It's fun, you know, and it's like it it's a it's a drug. It's a drug. It, it feels yeah. good. It feels good and it's <laughs> and, it, and also like the social norms. It is hard to think about your divorce, you're going into dating, you're worrying about yes. is it weird if I'm dating? And honestly, like I I I 
get that for you because I haven't had to deal with that because I stopped drinking when I was ready with my partner who was very supportive of me. And he drinks, you know, he's not making you feel like, but he was so supportive. You know, I couldn't, we got all of the alcohol out of the house when I first stopped drinking because if the alcohol is home, I drink it a hundred percent. I had to do that too. And then I had to drink it knowing January 1st was going to start. I was like, I don't want to waste it. So I drink and know that there was nothing I could get except my non-alcoholic IPAs or I will drink it if it's there. Like, right. So you're setting yourself up for success. Why not just live in that gain, that success for a little bit? You're, you're, you don't have a date. You don't have to worry about that. That's not a worry. So why are you worrying about something that's not even a worry right now? I'm a weirdo. I know. So I, if I was you, I would focus on this. Even if you drink later or you don't drink later, that's later to me, because you're so controlled. Why don't you look at this as, wow, what a healthy exercise in Aaron letting go to you, even though you are now (laughs) not drinking for you, it is an interesting little exercise in letting go of the control because you had to micromanage the way you drank. And then that created like this sense of like security, I guess. And you were feeling good, right? Cause yes. you were controlling that. <laughs> Look now, at me only drinking one or two. Yes. That yeah, was my But control. now you've let go. Yeah. You've let go. You've gone 16 days without drinking and without controlling something that you thought you had to yeah. just be able to be, feel successful about that, you know, like feel good about that. And wherever it goes later, I mean, even if you go right back into it, that that like who, like there's going to be this, that's life. Right. And that's not, don't worry that then that's a failure. It's not, you still had 16 days of, even if you drank tonight, which don't, but I won't. <laughs> you had 16 days, you could do it again. Maybe the next time you do it, you do it longer. Maybe that's how you have to get comfortable with this idea. Since you have a harder time letting go of things. I think that if you take you take the stress off of it it allows you to go further for me not identifying as an alcoholic and telling myself even now I literally because I believe this I could have a drink anytime I want I'd be fucking Mm -hmm. fine allowing myself that mindset of I can have it if I want it I just don't want it makes me feel in control. And then it makes me not have to do it. I want to not want it, but I also don't want to like fuck up the date. Like I can see when I get to 31, you can have have a zero and that, I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess up the days, but like, I want to not want it. And I read this naked mind, Annie Grace, and I had her on and she's like, it retrains your brain to not want it. And I listened to it twice, Gina on audio. And I and I'm like, that didn't happen for me. Like, I still see it as desirable. That's why I was like, I, I love that you said it was, it's not 16 days to get to a point where you're, no. you don't want it. It's just, no, no, okay. it's going to take way longer. And, and, and let's say Aaron in 20 days, you're like, fuck it. And you have a drink. You're not just, starting over. This is, that is part of your journey towards whatever it is you want the goal line to be. Yeah. You're not starting over. Who fucking says we have to start out there? Da, 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 da. You're not in AA. Well, not then I don't have 30 chip. days anymore. I would have to say, yeah, I'm not Why in not? AA. Why not? I, Did you drink those 30 days? No, you well, have those 30 days. It's part of a bigger journey. Yes. I have to, I almost thought about that. Like just having a beer to be like, it's over. The stress is off. And then not well, even, yeah, <laughs> you know I'll I mean? tell you something too. I don't know if the, I don't know if I've shared this. I probably have, but I did test the water. So I stopped Ooh. drinking. I want to say November, two years ago, maybe it was November, December, somewhere around there. And I don't have like a day. I don't remember. I just said enough, 
you know, and, and actually I, 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 you know, it was getting to the point where too, it was like all the toxicity and the shit that I went through with my ex, when you drank, it's like, I always say it like this, like you go through trauma and you get to a place where you file the things away in your head in these neat little files. Right. And then you drink alcohol and it confuses you. And it's like all the papers start flying out of the files yes. and everything is just chaos. And now like shit that I was go the trauma that I went through with my ex. Now I'm putting that on Travis. I'm fighting yeah. with him. I, yeah. I make no fucking sense. I don't want that. I'm now going to put at risk my relationship and everything that like I have that's good in my life. Now I'm going to throw it away for what? A, a bottle of wine. Like I don't, I, I don't need this crap in my life. It was getting in my way. It wasn't serving me well. Right. So you have to look at that, I think, and identify that like why you are but then after so then I stopped drinking and then I didn't drink for until January and I had to go on watch what happens live and I was like mm. how do you not drink I feel stupid in I front saw of that Andy, I watched it whatever yeah. right so that January I did drink mm -hmm. I was like let me see I think I think I could do this it was like maybe two months right but I wait real quick like you had a drink or like when you said you did like well what, I had a drink before because I also you know it's nerve-wracking I watch Travis live and I totally. never did it sober I never yes. did it sober so Travis was actually like I think you should have just have a drink right and having a partner that kind of released me of that yeah. I was like okay now I feel okay so I had the drink prior I had the drink on the thing I remember while we were doing it I might have taken like a sip or whatever got through it and then I ended up going out with Trav and my makeup artist in New York. And, you know, I got sloshed. I got sloshed. And <laughs> the next morning I woke up and I was like, I am done. Never like, again. this is right. not for me. Never again. I never put the pressure of the days and the th clearly, I don't even know what day is after. <laughs> I never put that pressure on me. And I just allowed it to be what it is, which is, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I'm trying my best. I'm in it. I know it's a problem. I'm starting to share that. I'm acknowledging it. I'm talking about it. I want to change and I am changing mm -hmm. and you are changing, you know? Yeah. And, and if in 20 days from now, you're like, well, but I still feel like I could be that person and da, 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 da. And then you drink and you feel like, wait, now I've slipped right back into a pattern that I know I've already acknowledged. I don't like, fine. Just start over. Just do yeah. it again. And who fucking cares? Six years from now, you're not going to be like, but those 30 days I lost. <laughs> yes, I will. You, know, like, <laughs> you might, might, but you're, but you're working on not like really letting go of being for that. That if I was you, Aaron, <laughs> this year, I would just focus more on what seems to be your really biggest issue and roadblock in your own life, which is this need to be in control of things. Mm -hmm. And that spills out into probably every area of your life. And if I was you and, and don't expect to move the needle, you can't control this either. You know, just, know. just do the best you can move it, move it, move it a little and feel good about that. Allow yourself to feel good about that. You know, feel good about your 16 days. Thank you. More therapy in a moment. Now this guys, I have found the magic and who would I be to not share the magic with my loyal Theron P listeners? I have been using Rejuvalift Beauty, a tightening clay that you tap wherever you need it. I use it on the little 11s between my eyebrows, the bags under my eyes, my crow's feet. You tap it, you sit for four minutes, 
and the results last for up to seven hours. If you have a girl's night, a work event, a date night, make Rejuvalift the first step in your beauty routine. It goes on before makeup. It lasts for up to seven hours. It is magic. And right now, Therapy listeners get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code Therapy. T-H-E-R-I-N-P-Y, 20% off, rejuvaliftbeauty.com. That's R-E-J-U-V-A-L-I-F-T, beauty.com. You're welcome. Now, back to Therapy. You are a therapist. Seriously. You are so good at this. <laughs> oh, is that also on the, in all your jobs? No, I, but I do. I, I'm very passionate about the co-parenting and my free time. I try to write down, you know, the things that I, I feel and I think could help people. And who knows, maybe one day I would, I would love to write like a co-parenting book or something yes. like that, but I just, Good. it's, you know, another thing that eventually maybe I'll get to you, but I really do like, I feel confident about this and I really do enjoy, I just enjoy helping people. That's a, that is like, honestly has been like a very big blessing of all of this has been able to just like see that I can positively affect people. And I think that being, it's one of the things I'm most proud of is being relatable on the show because if people Mm -hmm. see that you are just like a regular ass mom, but like you've gone through some shit, like, then you really can impact and help people. And that honestly, like it feels really good. So if I can contribute that, it it makes me happy. You have impacted and inspired my sobriety journey. Like when you were in your confessionals, like seeing you and just you're glowing and you're like, I stopped drinking. And then I would like watch every scene. Like Emily would get like a third drink or something. And you would just be like, like, I'd be like, oh my God, how does that feel? Like you spark something in me. Like you should know that. And I'm glad that I got to Aww. unpack it with you. I, have I just had a couple quick things to put out into the universe. More therapy in a moment. Now this. Now back to therapy. You get cast on Ultimate Girls Trip. Who are the other people you oh want to go gosh. with? If oh you could God. choose. Oh, from other franchises? Because yeah. you know don't you want to get... take Emily. But... <laughs> Obviously. You and Emily are cast. And then you get to go um, with okay. anybody. Who would you want to go on vacation with? Uh, I love Melissa Gorga. Yeah. So I would go with Gorga. Um, definitely Gorga. I would go with, I like uh, Giselle. I love <laughs> maybe throw in Elisa Barlow. Oh. And I, I, let me think. Oh, Luann. I love Luann. <laughs> the Countess. Yes. The Countess. That is a, yeah. I like that squad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Travis wakes you up and says, you have nothing on your plate today. I have the kids. How do you spend your day? Like literally right here on this spot of the couch. I'm not <laughs> you do squats and margaritas podcasts. Okay. Exactly. Yes. You, like, you I relax. Be posted up. Yeah. I, I like, I'm a homebody. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts on the reality reckoning Bethany's whole thing? Do you think it's valid? Do you think there should be a union? Or are you kind of like, I think that there needs to be changes for sure. You know, like there's just like anything though, you know, and I, but I also do think that there's a way to, I believe truly you catch more flies with honey, you know? (laughs) And I think that what has happened here, honestly, I have a strong suspicion that it's going to do more harm than good for the reality players here. Cause I think you basically just, 
showed you came in, you showed all the chinks in the armor, and they're gonna they're gonna sew up all those holes real quick, yeah. you know. And no, and it really, a different way. yeah, because yeah. now it's kind of stalled, and we've just kind of been more exposed to the things that potentially could be avenues of you know getting to that next place of like fixing some of these problems. And I'm pretty sure that like if I was the network exec, I'd be like, okay. Amendment, amendment, amendment. So yeah. up that hole, so up that hole, you know? So I, totally. I I understand that she really, I do feel she really was well intention. Her intentions were good there, but I don't know how effective it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alexis Bellino and John Jansen, what in the actual fuck? What, what in, the actual- in the actual fuck? <laughs> it's real? I. <laughs> As far as I know, yes. I mean, I'm only seeing what you guys are seeing too, though. Like, I see that she posted it's real love. And as far as I know, they met organically, at least at first. You know, I don't know if maybe then they were like, obviously see the value in it. But it is a real relationship. Like, they are. I mean. Boyfriend, girlfriend. And is she coming on the show? Do, Do we know this? I can't, I couldn't say that for sure or not because I truly just, you know, I just don't, I don't know until she's sitting at a table with me. So when you said Kelly Dodd walked in and I was like, do you really not know she was going to walk in until you don't know who's on it until they manifest in the room? Well, like I knew she was on it. Like, cause I knew she was part of the cast, but like, cause she had been on it for like a couple of years at that point. But like, when I showed up to that gym, I didn't know who else was coming there. Yeah. And then once you're on it, like, you know, now I've been on it for a while. Like when you're on this side of it, you kind of know more, but even so, like if there's new cast coming, they really truly try to make it as organic as possible. And I'm not a, I'm not a researcher. I'm not going to dig up dirt yeah. on anyone. <laughs> like, you know, it's just not my thing. So Emily gets so frustrated with me because I'm always like, wait, you have to explain, wait, what is actually going on with this person into that? Because I never know, you know, but you have a little um, on your plate. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't care enough. I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'll form the relationship with you. And I don't, it's just not my style, you know? Okay. What is happening with the La Quinta house? Oh, well, I need to sell it. It's a, it's so the Lakita house truly is like a retreat. It is and it, it is incredible. So I just say, and now we're going into festival season. So now is like the hot time. Um, We're getting a lot of traction and, you know, I'm hoping obviously that a buyer, the the buyer comes through. It's such a unique property and honestly, like a lot, I don't know if you're familiar, but like a lot of La Quinta is very unique. So it's going to take the right person to walk through the door. And we're just hopeful that that person walks through soon. It's Kardashian adjacent, I believe. It's Kardashian adjacent. It is. (laughs) Yes. 30 on the block. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'll Um, I'll throw anything out there. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it takes. So still on the market. I love your podcast. Um, Shane McAnally cracks me the hell up. It's so good. Um, do you want to just like plug that, what you guys talk about and where people can find it? Yeah. So orange country, myself and Shane McAnally, my co-host, we talk about everything and anything from parenting, co-parenting, sobriety, celebrity gossip, um, just every, and just like weird stuff too. Like we had that episode on Terramation. Like it's just a cool, fun ride. It is not. A little housewife, but not housewife heavy, which mm-hmm. is fun. And it's nice for me. We just wrapped our first season. It was actually re- successful, thankfully. And so, so it's allowed us to go into our second season, which we're going to start 
you know, recording soon and you could find it everywhere that you can find podcasts. So, you know, YouTube, Spotify, follow us and like us. We're on TikTok and Instagram. Um, Orange Country is the handle at Orange Country. Um, and please subscribe. <laughs> yes, it's so good. Um, and then anywhere else people can find you if they don't follow Housewives and they just want a little bit of therapy and life advice that you're so good at providing, where can people find you? <laughs> Thank you, Erin. All of my social platforms are at Gina Kirschenheider. Um, I tried to, you know, keep it really simple since my last name is so easy to spell. So, so easy to pronounce. Yes. You <laughs> right, are all of it. fabulous. I could not have asked for more out of this interview in this hour and a half that I've gotten from you. Probably going to make it a two-parter. I'm so glad it finally happened. Aww. And I cannot wait to watch you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Erin. Feel good. Keep it going, girl. Okay. Thank you for showing up to your weekly dose of therapy, formerly squats and margaritas. But honestly, when's the last time I talked about fitness? And I'm really not even drinking anymore. Therapy seemed like a natural evolution to this podcast. I will continue to bring you raw, authentic, vulnerable conversations so that you feel seen and less alone. If you got anything out of this episode, please do me a favor and share it with a friend. And I'll see you next week for your weekly dose of therapy.